Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In this episode, I'll share about the hymn, Be Thou My Vision, and talk with music ministry participant, Liz David. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get in tune. You just heard Be Thou My Vision, sung in its original Old Irish text. I thought it was so interesting to hear that language paired with the tune that we're so accustomed to singing, and I have to admit that I was not going to attempt to pronounce anything in the Old Irish, so I was glad to find that recording to share with you on this podcast. Be Thou My Vision has an interesting history as it relates to how it came to be so commonly sung uh, in churches and found in hymnals across the world. The text was written sometime during the 6th to 10th centuries in Ireland. Uh, There is no agreement among scholars as to when it was written, but some scholars think it was written as a tribute to St. Patrick, who was a Christian missionary to Ireland in the 5th century. There are lots of myths surrounding St. Patrick, but one of them is that St. Patrick defied an order by High King of Ireland, King Logare, light a fire for the Easter Vigil until a fire had been lit by the king himself for a pagan festival. And St. Patrick defied King Logare's order. But King Logaire was so impressed with St. Patrick's conviction and bravery that he let him go free and continue his missionary work in Ireland. Now going from the 5th or 6th century all the way to the early 20th century, that hymn text in Old Irish was translated in 1905 by Mary Elizabeth Byrne, 
who was an old Irish linguist. And then in 1912, it was versified by Eleanor Hull, another old Irish scholar and a writer. Then in 1919, that text was paired with the tune that we now sing these words to. The tune is called Slain. In the mythology surrounding St. Patrick's defiance of King Logaire's order, the fire that St. Patrick lit was on Slain Hill. So the tune gets its name from that hill where St. Patrick supposedly defied that order by the king. It's interesting to note that twice in the hymn, God is referred to as the High King of Heaven. The title for earthly kings in Ireland was High King of Ireland, and it's interesting to contrast earthly titles, High King of Ireland, to the title given God in this hymn. Be Thou My Vision is a beautiful prayer to our sustainer, our redeemer, and our protector. This episode will conclude with the singing of Be Thou My Vision by the congregation of the Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. If there's a hymn you'd like to suggest we explore in a future episode of this podcast, feel free to email me at marty at vhbc.com. I have said before in these podcast episodes what a blessing it has been for me to be able to chat with so many different folks in the music ministry and to share share those conversations with uh, with listeners on the podcast. And I'm really glad to have Liz David with me today. Liz, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, I appreciate you doing this today and taking some time out and uh, having a chat with me and being willing to share it with all the listeners. It's fun. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Well, thanks. Well, first of all, um, uh, I'm so glad that um, you were recently ordained as a deacon. I I think that's a wonderful, um, uh, just a great fit for you and for your service to our church. And to have the family connection with your grandmother being the first woman deacon at our church is just a a wonderful legacy. And so I'm so appreciate that. I'm sure it was a special time for you, uh, even though it was a, a very different ordination service. <laughs> it was. It was very special. And I think, um, you know, given the circumstances, I know it wasn't like they have things have been done in the past, but we actually drove down from Georgia and participated in the ordination service for my sister. So I kind of had an idea of what, you know, happened. And, um, but it was still very, very special. Even yeah. even the way it was done was just wonderful. Well, I, I think that's great, and I'm I'm so glad we can uh, claim you uh, a newly ordained deacon as part of our choir family to our music ministry family. <laughs> I'm just so. I'm just so glad I can be in the choir. <laughs> yeah. There's some there's some weeks when I'm there and I'm thinking. I'm never going to get this song. Who was I thinking? What was I thinking? And then a couple of weeks later, I'm leaving, and I'm like, that Marty is good. He has taught me that song. I can sing that song now. Well, well that's very kind. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it's singing in a choir is one of those things where we just lean on each other, uh, and uh, that's 
it's one of the one of the neat things about being in any kind of musical ensemble, but uh, especially a choir where you know there's that community and um, being able to share that experience. Um, I have missed being in, together in person, as I know you have. Oh, so. I have too. I really have. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Well, um, um, other than other than choir, tell us uh, what you're involved with at church and deacon ministry as well. Uh, but tell us what you're involved with. I, um, of course, teach Sunday school, and and I started doing that almost as soon as as we moved back to to Birmingham. Um, and I asked Miss Nancy if she would let me teach in Sunday school, and she said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I do that and um, have such a wonderful time with that. It's just one of the highlights of my week is getting to see those children. And um, then I also work at helping with Bible studies and crafts that we do with the Love Lady Ministry. Mm. I help with that. And then um, I help um, pack at the North um, Central Alabama Food Bank. We Mm -hmm. um, go once a month and pack or sort food and and do that. So I'm involved in that um, as well. Now, a food bank is sort of self-explanatory, but tell us a little bit about the Love Lady Center. What what kind of ministry is that? We um, go um, once every so often, and with the Phase One ladies who are there, and they are they come um, either because they have volunteered to come, or they've come from jail, or they've been the court ordered for them to be there, and so we just spend a little time with them. We do Bible study and craft, and we bring snacks, and just let them know that we care about them. That's great. That's great. Um, a special ministry, and I know our church has had a, a long-standing connection with that group as well, so... Um, just a wonderful opportunity to to be a part of a community effort like that. I'm the uh, substitute. They go on. There's another Monday group every Monday where they do a Bible study. They're not women that are in phase one. They're they're women who have gone through the program at least one time and are back. And mm-hmm. every Monday, um, there's a Bible study and the craft, and um, and we um, are known as the Cupcake Ladies, and we bring cupcakes and um, and they get to have coffee, and um, that's every Monday. And I'm I'm the substitute for that when they need me. I I come and do that too. Okay, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, um, tell us a little bit about your career and um, what you're doing nowadays and uh, about your family? Well, I um, am a retired elementary teacher, and I spent most of my 30 years teaching first graders. Um, And I just, I loved, I loved that. And then when we moved back here, I had gotten my Alabama teaching certificate because I was like, I'm not retiring. I'm, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to teach. Um, in, in Birmingham, but then it didn't work out that way. So um, family things came up, and I wasn't able to do that. So I teach Sunday school, and, and I love that. That's great. Um, first grade, what you said you spent most of your time mm-hmm. teaching mm-hmm. first grade. Uh, what what is, was your favorite thing about first graders? 
um, seeing that light go off when they were f- understood something and watching how when they first come to you, and of course I was teaching in a Title I school, and so um, everything had to be very language rich because they had very limited experiences and very, very limited vocabulary. And so when they they came, they typically might know their 25 kindergarten words, but they might not. And just to see them start to read and start from the beginning of the year to the end of the year and to see how they progress. Mm. That's great. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I imagine that's, uh, well, s- similar to us learning a new piece in choir. Uh, <laughs> you know, you get to, you get to journey, walk that journey with them and, uh, be a part of the light going off. I, I love that. Um, and uh, so that's great. Well, what about your family? Um, my Our daughters are here and we have a son-in-law and they are all in the, um, they went to Sanford. Our daughters went to Sanford and then um, Charlie finished up at Medical College of Georgia and then she came back here. And so they one works at UAB and one works at Grandview Hospital. And then Josh, our son-in-law, um, is a respiratory therapist for AirMed. And so they're all in the health field. And um, it's wonderful to be able to see them and talk to them every day. And it's just, um, it's really nice. And of course, my brother's here, my sister's here, my dad's here. So I'm back home with my family. So I yes. love it. <laughs> well, now I imagine that um, with your daughters and son-in-law being in healthcare, this is a, has been a particularly stressful time. And so I'm sure they're glad to have family support in town as well to kind of um, help help them through all, all that's been going on. I think it. I think it's been stressful for them, and I. But I think they, you know, are trained to to take the safety precautions, and they're very mm-hmm. uh, conscientious of that. Um, they like it that um, Mama fix supper for them sometimes. So when they come home from work, they don't have to cook because Mama's got yes. it already done. Yeah. <laughs> and Mama likes that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, <laughs> I have somebody that um, will eat my desserts because I love to make desserts. Mm-hmm. And when I was teaching school, I would make a dessert and take it and they'd put it on the teacher's table, you know, in the lunchroom, and they would, it would be gone by the end of the day. And so when I moved here, I was like, well, who am I going to give these desserts to? I can't eat them. So, <laughs> so now I can share <laughs> with them. So that's good too. <laughs> um. What, uh, growing up, what kind of experiences did you have in music and, um, and then coming, you know, coming to Vestavia Hills, obviously joining the choir, um, but tell us a little bit about your background. Well, my grandmother was a graduate of the Chicago School of Music, and she was an accomplished pianist, and she was the church pianist at for First Baptist Church in Heflin. And we would go and spend a week in the summer, my sister and I, with my grandparents. And she would always have new songs for us to sing. So we sang things from My Fair Lady to Oklahoma to Mary Poppins to The Sound of Music. And it was so much fun. We would sit on either side of her on the piano bench and she would play and we would sing. And it was just a lot of fun. And so that's kind of what, I guess, got me started. 
That's that's great. My I, both of my grandmothers were musical themselves, and you know I just have, as I'm sure you do, fond memory fond yes. memories of um, being with them and music being a, a part of your your memories of them. It's, I think that's that's great. It's, 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 they're very special, you know. Good yeah. good good memories. And then I sang in the youth choir at church for school. I would if I could. Uh, Get choose that as an elective. I always would, you know, mm-hmm. to sing in the choir. I liked that. And then when we went to when I was living in Cedartown, um, Georgia, I sang in the church choir there in the ensemble, and it was fun. It was a lot yeah. of fun. So when I came here, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna try. Let's see how good Marty is. If he could teach <laughs> me to sing." <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, um, so other than uh, activities at church what uh what do you find yourself doing these days with uh time that you have on your hands well um i've been i exercise um i've been working on trying to get five miles within a certain time frame um on an elliptical so i've been doing that and i like to bake and i love to shop <laughs> when I had my uh, cataract surgery done, and I came home, and I was relaxing, you know, and they put me to sleep, and Hal said, have you been shopping on your phone? You're not supposed to, you know, and I had gotten my daughter a bathing suit, but I had only ordered the top, <laughs> not the bottom, and he said, you better let me have your phone for a little while. <laughs> you can shop later. <laughs> Shopping under the influence. I was shopping under the influence, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, so what, what, what are your, what's, your, what's your most uh, well-known or most popular uh, dessert? Um, I like to bake cakes the best. Okay. And um, my grandmother that taught us, my sister and I just, just love to sing, um, she would make the best pound cakes that people in Heflin would just like be just after her to make her. So uh, I have, I like to make pound cakes and um, different kinds of pound cakes and I use her recipe in her pan uh, and um, I don't think mine taste as good as hers, but they're probably as close as I'm going to get. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm sure um, your your family is appreciative that you enjoy baking as well. Yeah, they seem to be, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. And your husband Hal is a retired educator as well. He is. He's a retired um, administrator at a high school. He he was up there where the scary kids are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are now the you, scary ones. <laughs> the first graders you can sort of handle, but when they're they get ju- older, they're just yeah, yeah they're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. And he retired how many years? He ago? retired um, seven years ago. He retired. Okay. So. Um, he 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 worked over thirty years. That's great um, yeah. in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Well, and he has an important job at our church too, helping to uh, get all the um, AV stuff going in the sanctuary. And um, yeah, that's a, a vital job. And um, you know, when we're worshiping in person, anyway, the you know if if the message doesn't get out, if we can't be heard, and so that's right. you know, it's a, a critical critically important job so he um, enjoys that yeah that's great 
Well, I have been asking everybody at the end of our conversation each week on the podcast, what is bringing you life? Jesus says in the second half of John 10.10, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So what's bringing you life? Um, I think just being being at home and, and learning to appreciate the things at home, not not um just just being enjoying nature and we've done a lot in our yard and and um I, I don't like to be outside a whole lot but I, I will go out some but and we feed the birds and um, watch the wildlife and the animal life that come around and just um just enjoying not such a rushed pace but um just taking time to enjoy the things that you do have Mm-hmm. And being appreciative of those things, I think, is important. I, I think um, the phrase "stop and smell the roses" is a pretty worn-out phrase, but <laughs> it, I think it's just you know it it is the season that we're in for sure, and I you know I think it it's the best way to describe you know you you are not the first person on these podcast conversations to express that same thing that. Um, you know, everything's so different these days, but we, we've had a chance to slow down a little bit and to to stop and smell the roses. So, uh, And appreciate yeah. what you have and what you can do and, um, and just take a little time with that, I think is important. Mm-hmm. And, and you have been able to, to um, help take care of your, your kids. And <laughs> I, have, I, I have been most appreciative of that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, uh, Liz, it's been really good to talk with you today. I uh, just so appreciate you taking some time out and uh, having a chat with me and um, look forward to being able to share a conversation with folks on the podcast. Well, thank you for asking me and thank you for the job that you do. Well, I, I appreciate it very much. Well, you're, you're kind to say that and it's, uh, it's an honor to, to get to minister with uh, the Vestavia Hills Baptist family. So thank you. We're glad you're here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right, Liz, talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Subscribing to this podcast will make it easy to find new episodes. This episode concludes with a congregation of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church singing Be Thou My Vision 